probably a good idea for me to uh, introduce to you Pastor Rex, because if you're new to the church, you don't know who he is, but actually uh, Rex is our national superintendent and our, our leader in our movement, but he's also part of us. He's part of this family. He's a member here at Hills. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? So there's a fan club over there. Uh, no heckling, though. And so uh, I want to pray for you just quickly, Rex, before you bring the word this morning. Lord, I, I thank you for this man, you know, our, our fearless leader and uh, and yet humble, humble man. And, and this, Lord, we, we pray over him as his family. We pray over him as his church, that you will continue to sustain him, to strengthen him, Lord, that you continue to fill him with courage and more than anything with your Holy Spirit's power. And Lord, for this morning, as he shares from his heart and from your word, we pray, God, that uh, your Holy Spirit will speak directly to us, that we would live, leave here uh, changed and, and deeper in our walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, Nathan. It is uh, good to be home. It's good to be uh, back amongst uh, family and to be able to share with you. Uh, since they opened up um, churches, I've been uh, travelling around a bit. But before that, I was with you online like uh, many of others. And um, so it is extra special to be here in this uh, service uh, today. I want to um, begin by reading to you a portion of scripture from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 20. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 20. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptised into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of uh, smell, um, sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And Father, as we've already prayed, I continue with a desire, Father, to be able to step aside and allow your word to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we find ourselves in a peculiar time. We find ourselves in a world that is uh, struggling, and we don't need to even mention why. But even in the midst of this, we have another struggle, probably many struggles, but one that seems to be very prominent. We're struggling with diversity. We have a hard time getting on with people who are like us. How on earth can we get on with people who are different to us? Social cohesion is a topic that I've been researching quite a bit over the last um, several years. And I'm thinking, when I think of social um, cohesion in the midst of diversity, I'm thinking about the glue that holds us together. The glue that holds us together as churches. 
What sticks us together as a church? I think of the old song by Lionel Richards, Stuck on You. I'll refrain from uh, singing it. But um, what happens when it all becomes unstuck? What happens when it doesn't stick maybe even in the first place? The question is, what can stick us together? What is the social cohesion that is missing in the life of the church today? If we were to just look at the world with all its problems related to diversity, we could say the idea of coming together is impossible. Is it impossible when we look at the world say, can we really come together? When I consider this, I see posts on Facebook at times that says, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. But the church does, hasn't done a very good job at times of living that out, that Jesus is indeed the answer in a world that is so diverse and struggling. Yes, We're not good at times of getting along with one another. We are very good at splitting. Did you know that there are over 30,000 Christian denominations in the world today? Different groups. Some of them are just a single church that's not connected or accountable to another group. They're not apart. 30,000 different Christian denominations, we may say. When we think of all those denominations, there must be the perfect church out there somewhere if there's 30,000 different denominations. There's got to be a perfect denomination out there that looks just like me. You know, there's got to be a beautiful one somewhere that looks just like me. My ideal, and you probably maybe have heard me say it before, is that church has to be somewhere out on the Maldives, (laughs) on a beautiful island maybe where there's no... Nobody else around. (laughs) I've often shared the story, and may have shared it with some of you before, of the man that was shipwrecked, and he ended up on this deserted island. There he was by himself for about three months. And then after three months, somebody came and they rescued him, and they noticed three huts on the island. And they went to the man, they said, what's that hut there? He says, that's where I live. What's that hut over there? Oh, that's where I go to church. Uh, What's that other hut over there? That's where I used to go to church. (laughs) Even by ourselves, we have a problem. You see, the problem is not just others. The problem is also me. I don't just mean me, but the problem is you. You are the part, or, or maybe I should say a bit nicer, we are part of the problem. We are part of the problem. There's an old saying, you are either part of the solution or part of the problem. But I believe we are both a part of the problem and a part of the solution. We are a part of the problem because uh, in our human nature, because of the fall, we, we, we struggle at times of getting on with others. We, we say the wrong thing at times. We maybe do the wrong thing. We hurt people at, at, at times. I won't ask you to hold your hand if you've ever hurt somebody with the words that you said. But we've all been there. We've said things and done things that we shouldn't have done. We are part of the problem. But the good news and why we are here today is to be reminded that we can be part of the solution because of the transforming work of the Lord Jesus Christ at work in us. 
and we are part of the solution that we can also be peacemakers and bring people together. I believe that we can come together, even in the midst of the diversity in our world. And if there is a place where social cohesion can happen, it's in the church. It's in the church because Jesus is indeed the answer. However, there are some things that we need to take on board for that to happen. Now, the idea of social cohesion, of coming together, is a foundational truth of Scripture, that we can come together. In verse 12 of chapter 12, it says, For just as the body is one, and as many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. The church is one body, and so it is with Christ. Christ isn't 30,000 bodies. It is one body. Now, when we think of 30,000 denominations, there's got to be a few... I was going to say wacko, but, but I won't say that. There's got to be a few strange ones out there. You know, with 30,000. Yeah, <laughs> I did think about that. But, <laughs> but Christ is one. Christ is one. This foundational truth of being one body is not just an ideal. It's not just something that we hold up here and that we're working towards. Yes, we we do hold it up there and we are working towards that, but it's also a reality now that we are one, that we are connected to each other through the Holy Spirit. God has joined us together, connected us as a family. I think about families And we may at times not see eye to eye to those in our family. We may have disagreements. I know no one here is ever in that boat. We may have disagreements in our families where we don't see eye to eye. We may have those conflicts and those struggles. And in the same way in the life of the church, there are times where we do not see eye to eye with the other brothers and sisters in Christ. The same way we may struggle with one another in the life of the church. But that does not stop us from being connected together and being one. The same way as a family has struggles, they are still a part of the family. In the same way for us, we are connected to Christ even though we may have struggles and we don't see eye to eye. When I became a Christian at the age of 13... I did not know that I was signing up to a spiritual family. I didn't know. I didn't read the fine print. That I'm also connected to my brothers and sisters in Christ. But the truth is it was more than just signing up. It was more than being drafted into the church or joining the church. I was grafted into the church. We were grafted into the church. These people are now family. We're connected to them. In Romans 11, 17 and 18, it says, But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant towards branches. If you... Ah, remember, it is not you who supports the root, but the root that supports you. We are supported by Christ, and it's because of Christ, when we're connected to him, 
we are also connected to one another. And we're working to build that connection, but even as we aim towards a greater goal of connection and of oneness, right now we are connected. We are joined together. And I look at, when I think of this, that we are connected together, I think of John 15, 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. And again, reminding us of the connection that we have with the Lord Jesus and with each other. Sadly, many are trying to do the spiritual journey as Christians with a limited regard of the foundational truth that we are connected to each other. You know, in our Western world, in our Western society, we struggle at times of this concept of belonging to others and we like to have our independency. We like to you know, look after ourselves and we can forget our responsibility to others around us. If we're going to be bonded together as a church, we will need to take on board the foundational truth that we are deeply connected to each other. This leads to another truth. And I look at 14 15 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. For the body does not consist of one member but many. The foot uh, should say, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. There's many things here, but a couple I highlight. While different, we are all an important part of the body, the church body. We're all important. One is not better or more important than the other. Some parts are maybe more noticeable. Some may find themselves in the limelight. But just because those ones are in the limelight doesn't mean that they are more important than anyone else. We need each other. And I I say it even, even with my role, I need you, I need your prayers, I need your support and and encouragement and you need mine and you need each other. We need one another in the life of the church. I believe we need each other more than we realise, more than we grasp. In verse 26, if one member suffers, all suffer together. This is not just about feeling the pain of the other person, it's about realising when we lose one, we all suffer. When one leaves our midst, we all suffer as a result. As it says, if one member is honoured, all rejoice. We need one another. The word that comes to mind here is interdependency. Now, many of us were raised to be self-reliant, to depend on ourselves, Some of us, our life experience or or growing up was like being thrown in the deep end and and told to swim. For some of us, that's what what life was. We had to do it by ourselves and and alone. And and we become maybe Australians sometimes. We'd like the idea of doing it alone and doing it ourselves. And when I think of this, that being independent is not what the picture of the scriptures that I read. And again, I say one of the problems that we have from our society that, that, that raises up the idea of being independent, you know, is that we have struggle with understanding some aspects of scripture because this is written to a collective society. 
a group of people that depended on each other, that were interdependent. And, and what we've got to do, we've got to take our, our, our glasses off, our, our Western glasses off and have a look from the view of a collective society that Jesus was speaking into so that we can learn what it really says and what it really means. So we know that being independent is not the way. But at other times, we can have ourselves or people who are too dependent on others. Now, there are times where we need support from from others. There are times where we have loss. There are times where, through illness, there are crises in our lives where we need others to come along and support us and to help us. And sometimes, because of life, some people need that ongoing support. But for most of us, we cannot stay there. It's not healthy to be always dependent on others. We have to stand up ourselves. And as we stand up, then we're able to be a blessing and a help to others. And then there's another group I could say is being codependent. And that's someone who always wants people to depend on them. You know, it'd be kind of like as parents that we try and raise our children and we're always there, we're always looking after them, we're kind of babying them and, and we're, you know, spoon-feeding them, you know, when they're, they're 40 years of age. You know, we know that that's weird, but sometimes in life we can look around, some people are spoon-feeding people and it's time for us to, to grow up. It's time for them to grow up and we need to, in a sense, let people go and to help them to stand on their own two feet. But what's the picture for the church? Again, I come back. It's about being interdependent. It's about relying on each other, back and forth, as it says in 25, but that the members may have the same care for one another. The same care for one another. Dr Ronald Trail, the theologian, said... God put together the body in order that there may be no division in the body, but the members should have the same concern for each other, the same concern for each other. Where did we ever get the idea that we could make it on our own? Where did we ever get... Well, I know where we got that idea from. I know the one who tells us that, who wants to speak into our ears lies and say, you can make it on loan. You don't need the church family. We all need the church family. All of us do. If we're going to be bonded together as a church, we will need to take on board a lifestyle of interdependency, a lifestyle of interdependency. The quality of interdependency will show, interdependency will show itself in our care for one another. You know that there can be no real uh, care without listening, without hearing. To do that, we need to place ourselves in another person's shoes. James 1.19, which I often share, Know this, my brothers, my my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Quick to hear. But when we're quick to, to speak, we, uh, we stop ourselves from hearing. As Proverbs 18.13 says, If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Have you ever been in that situation? You've been talking to somebody 
and you're offloading or just wanting to open something up to them and then they jumped in and they're kind of like giving you answers and they hadn't heard the whole story. Have you been there? And you know, they're not really listening. They're just in a hurry to, to respond. But then I turn it around. How many times have we been like that? How many times have we been that person that has jumped in without really listening? It's really to our frolly. But then I turn to the example of Jesus about stepping into people's shoes. And where in, when he was about to raise Lazarus and it says Jesus wept. And he wept because he felt the people's pain. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus, but he felt the people's pain. He placed himself in their shoes. And I love Hebrews 4.15 where it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. One who sympathises. When we're going through difficulties, and I don't know the pain that you're facing at this time, but there is one that does, and it is Jesus. He understands your pain. He understands your hurt. He understands, and he sympathises with you. He places himself in, in your shoes, shall we say. He weeps with you. And if we're going to follow the life and the journey of Jesus, we need to learn what it's like to sympathise with people, to place ourselves in their shoes and to feel their pain. If we're going to be a church that's bonded together, we need to be quiet and listen and hear and place ourselves in our brother and our sister's situation to connect with them. It is to have empathy If we're going to be bonded together as a church, we will need to take on board the mind of empathy towards others. And when I think of this empathy, I think of a couple of things. I think of understanding, understanding where people are at, and that requires that listening. It's a compassion where we feel their hurt and their pain. It is a responsiveness. It doesn't stop there. It actually goes and does something about where we can and help in that situation. It's about identification. It's about placing ourselves, seeing ourselves. What would it be like for us if we were there? Maybe we would never make the decisions that they would make. Maybe we would never go down that path, but it's to understand what they must be feeling, what they must be facing at this particular time. I started by noting that we have a hard time connecting with people who are like us. But it is harder to connect with people that are different. And I'm not just talking about cultural difference or or coming from different countries. You know, we can be different and still being born in the same place. We can have maybe different values and look at things differently. and, And I just don't get that person. I just don't understand that person. The gospel gives us no opportunity but to reach even those who are different to us. We can't pick or choose. I like that person. I'm going to hang around them, forget everybody else. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have friends and we really connect with with some people and some people maybe we really get on with and we really like. That's quite okay. But it doesn't mean we ignore everybody else or those that maybe we feel, they turn me off. I don't even like the conversation. 
uh, they have. I always remember back in Melbourne there was uh, a, a guy who, who uh, was hard to communicate with and he came to our place for um, uh, lunch and, and I finally found out what he loved and it was trains. And, and, and he, I started talking about them and then he told me everything that I never knew about trains and everything that I didn't want to know about trains. But he came alive because I found out what he was interested in. And we need to learn about what others are maybe interested in. We need to learn some skills about communicating with people. And so we, the oneness that scripture talks about and that Jesus called us to is not limited by sameness. And I say again, if there's a place where people can come together, it is in the church. And again, I say, Jesus is the answer. He is the one that brings us together, no matter what our background. The Christian church is enthusiastic of sending missionaries all over the world. And that's a good thing. We're enthusiastic about it. We commit ourselves. We put our money where our mouth is and send people all around the world. But at times we are too, forgive me, lazy to cross the road to somebody who's different than us. We're too lazy to get out of our comfort zone and talk to someone who's going to be difficult or that we may find difficult. For Paul, the idea of an exclusive church was not on the table. And he stated in the beginning of Corinthians 12, for if in one spirit we were baptised into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Being one in Christ rules out the, um, the idea of division and disunity. And he goes on in that passage and he talks about breaking down the wall, the wall between cultures, the wall between the Jews and the Gentiles, the wall even between those that come from different backgrounds. God is in the business of breaking down walls. We've been hearing too much in our world today about putting up walls, but God is in the business of breaking down walls between people. If we're going to be bonded together, the final point as a church, we will need to take on board a heart that crosses the cultural road. We could say they're not just the cultural road, but the road of difference. Even in the church, with people who are different to us, if we're going to be bonded together as a church, we will need to take on board, one, the foundational truth that we are deeply connected to each other, two, a lifestyle of interdependency, three, a mindset of empathy towards others. And I say mindset because we have to really put our mind to this. We have to think about what's it like to understand what people are saying. What's it like to be in their shoes? And the fourth, a heart that crosses the cultural road. Let's pray. Father, we know that you sent Jesus into this world to bring about restoration, to, to restore us into a relationship with God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, the triune God. And even included in that 
is that there would be a restored relationship with our brothers and sisters. That we would be able to connect. That we would not. That we would break down walls. That we'd be a people that are following God and that are breaking down walls between people. And Lord, sometimes it is hard. It is hard to step out of our comfort zone and to connect with others. Remove the selfishness from us, Father, and help us to connect. In Jesus' precious name, amen.